the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. So, wow. There is a uh, very, 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 very difficult to follow story that I'm going to share only a nugget or two with you right now about. Uh, final hour, by the way, on this Friday, free for all Friday, 216-901-0945, triple eight two eight one eleven ten. It's the 18th morning of the eighth month, year of our Lord, 2023. <sighs> I'm only going to give you a very, very brief thumbnail sketch of it because um, it's controversial and it involves a lot of people that we work with and a lot of people that um, um, are important to the state of Ohio, quite frankly. Ohio Right to Life is a very important organization in the state of Ohio. They're leading the fight against issue, or excuse me, the amendment, the um, uh, abortion amendment that is coming up in uh, November, on November 7th. So Ohio Right to Life is obviously very, very important here, including their uh, spokespersons, their leadership, membership, and so forth. Um, Congressman Max Miller is a regular guest on this program as well. And uh, there, is a, there is a bit of a firestorm that is brewing. We were supposed to have Elizabeth Marbach on. I said it in the top of the show this morning. We were supposed to have Elizabeth Marbach on from, uh, from Ohio Right to Life. Uh, this was booked yesterday. Uh, and uh, we're all ready to go and uh, come to find out that she did not come on with me when she was supposed to at 1035 um, without any explanation. And then I put two and two together that Elizabeth is Lizzie, Lizzie Marbach, who is, again, a member of the Ohio Right to Life, uh, their comms director, uh, I believe was her position there. And... She had gotten into a bit of a, a a Twitter spat with Congressman Miller about faith. Um, Lizzie, uh, just uh, three days ago, 
Lizzie Marbach or Elizabeth Marbach uh, had had tweeted a statement about her faith, and her statement was: "This is at five ten on August fifteenth. There's no hope for any of us outside of having faith in Jesus Christ alone." The statement of Christian beliefs. Simple. Apparently, Max Miller, Congressman Max Miller, took um, offense at that and objected to it, tweeting back in response, God says that Jewish people are the chosen ones, but yet you say we have no hope. Thank you for your pearl of wisdom today. Now, I'm trying to keep the order of these tweet straight, and I don't think I can, quite frankly. Lizzie responded, Sorry, Congressman, but these are the words of Jesus himself. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one has hope outside of Jesus Christ, and every knee will bow one day, declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord. Max, at some point, Congressman Miller, I should be more formal here, Congressman Miller, at some point, responded, and again, I might not have these exactly in order. This one was 5.35 p.m. that day. Quote, this is one of the most bigoted tweets I have ever seen. Delete it, Lizzie. Religious freedom in the United States applies to every religion. You have gone too far. That led no less than Matt Walsh um, of uh, the Daily Wire to tweet in response do you, to Congressman Miller, do your constituents know that you consider basic Christian teaching to be bigoted? They do now, I guess. Good luck in the next election. And that may or may not have had a role in Max Miller then eventually, Congressman Miller, um, tweeting an apology, uh, an apology that read, and I want to get it exactly right here, so bear with me, He wrote, uh, at 9.05 p.m. that evening, I posted something earlier that conveyed a message I did not intend. I will not try to hide my mistake or run from it. I sincerely apologize to Lizzie and to everyone who read my post. The reason this is a story now is because Elizabeth Marsh... Marbach was supposed to come on with me an hour ago, 45 minutes ago. And she didn't, and it come to find out it's because she's been fired from Ohio Right to Life. There's an article in the post-millennial that is dated just, I guess, minutes ago, or within the last hour anyway, about her firing, claiming that Ohio Right to Life had intended to fire her prior to this viral um, Twitter exchange with Congressman Max Miller. I don't know the reality of that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I do know that if they had been planning to fire her and they didn't fire her until after this exchange with Congressman Miller, that's very, very coincidental. Um, And I also know that she didn't know she was being fired then because she scheduled an appearance on our program today. She was supposed to be on the air with me at 1035. We got a call at 1040, or maybe, I don't know, one of our staff reached out to them and saying, where is she? And uh, apparently they tried to pass the interview off to uh, Amy Natos, who, who had been on this program before for Ohio Right to Life prior to issue one and the, the August 8th vote. Uh, 
So it's 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 like I said, it's rather complex. I don't want to I don't want to pass judgment on anything that I just reported to you, other than to tell you this is a big deal. Because Ohio right to life is important to all of us, to me anyway. I'll see. I'll speak for myself, but I I know my audience too. Ohio right to life is very important. Congressman Max Miller has been doing great work since he was elected. He's very important as well. I don't like that this happened. I don't want to pass judgment, cast blame, or anything else, but I'm not liking how this sounds, especially since Congressman Miller's wife is on the board at Ohio Right to Life. It just doesn't look good. I don't know what it means. It just doesn't look good. And it's troubling. According to the Postmillennial article, correspondence reviewed by the Postmillennial shows that Ohio Right to Life had already intended to terminate Marbach, had made overtures to do so amicably, and with an eye toward finding her another position, either within the organization or with another group where she could continue her pro-life work. Well, again, if this was, if this was an amicable agreement between the two, then I don't know why Elizabeth Mar, uh, Marbach would have been scheduled to be on my program at 1035 this morning representing Ohio Right to Life. None of it makes sense. It's all very troubling, especially the issues of, um, you know, a, po- a pro-Christian belief post being attacked by by a congressman, clearly uh, in defense of his own faith as a, as a Jewish person, um, kind of leading into allegations of race, uh, religious bigotry on one or both sides. None of it is positive none of it is good it's very public though uh, all of the tweets have been left up people are responding from around the country and the post-millennial news agency just picked it up and ran with it and said that uh, this was their plan to fire her all along i don't know if it's real i don't know what's true and what's not true i just know that it's ugly and it's not something that we need uh to be dividing our forces i know max miller is pro-life i know ohio right to life is pro-life I know that we are all in the Judeo-Christian glory of this country, uh, you know, supposed to be working together, and we have been. This dust-up, I hope, does not get in the way of that. That's, that's where I'll leave it for now. Okay, uh, 216-901-0945. Laura in Wadsworth. Laura, thank you for your patience. Go right ahead. Good morning, Bob. Um, I have a different subject to talk about, but first I want to make a comment about what Lizzie had to say. Okay. I'm in complete agreement with her that Jesus Christ is the only one we can have faith in. Twitter is toxic, and infighting is what is going to destroy those of us that are on the same side. I I agree 1,000% with your point of view. It is toxic, and it does lead to these kinds of things. If so, you know, and I don't want to go too far off into this, and I know you have another topic, Laura. But I swear, I really truly believe social media was was created by the devil. I think it is absolutely oh. satanic. It is so incredibly divisive and dangerous. It has led to so much more toxic uh, relationships, not just among allies, but among people across the country. It is used and it is abused to advance horrific things. I think it is awful, and I am ashamed to be a part of it and to use it. 
I feel like I cannot, I do not have a choice because I need to see what is happening there to report it on the radio and talk about these things. But I, this country would be a better place today. This world would be a better place today if no one had ever created MySpace, which led to Facebook which spawned Twitter. And I don't know the order of all of these social media platforms, but I think if they had never existed, we would be better off as a people. I'm sorry to rant on you, but go ahead. Amen to that, brother. So what was your other topic? Okay. All right. My other topic is what transpired at a GOP meeting in Strongsville Wednesday night when David Yost spoke. So I knew they were going to have Q&A, so I jumped in line. I was probably the third person to speak. So I uh, addressed to Dave, I said, I talked about the embalmers, what they are seeing, uh, the white fibrous clots that they're pulling out of the veins and arteries. I held up my vial of white fibrous clots. I also talked about the life insurance actuaries, what they were reporting, 34% more of 35 to 44-year-olds died than expected in the last quarter of 2022. Mm -hmm. Then I asked him this question. The COVID shots are now on the childhood vaccine schedule. How many more Ohioans, how many more of our children and young adults will have to die before your office conducts an investigation? Short answer to the blather that he continued with was, it is not within my authority to investigate. Tell me what you think about that, Bob. So the AG says it's not his authority in his authority to investigate uh, the addition of the COVID shot to the child vaccine schedule. Is that what you're saying? Well, no. The 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 fact that the the statistics you're talking about. You still there, Laura? Did we lose you? We may Can have you lost hear me, Bob? Oh, there you are. Yeah, we lost you for a moment. Okay. Your phone, your phone glitched. But go ahead. So you're, you're so, so he's he's essentially saying you you wanted him to respond to the statistics, and he said it's not in his purview to investigate those statistics. Right, and also the. Okay, now the phone is cutting out. We're going to have to end the call here, uh, Laura. Thank you for the call, uh, but we we keep getting a cutout. Um, I don't have a response to that yet until I talk to Dave Yost, but I will tell you what, I will make that a priority. Um, he has come on every time we have asked him to do so. I will ask him to come on and discuss that. I think it is important. I don't know if the inter- Attorney General can indeed launch an investigation into finding out why there are 35% more deaths, or whatever the number was, of 35 years of, uh, and younger in, in the last quarter of 2022. I don't know. Uh, there has to Maybe there has to be a complaint that is filed. Maybe there has to be an allegation of illegality for the AG, the top cop of the state, to get involved. Maybe that's what he meant. Uh, while there may be controversy over the results and uh, some of the uh, evidence of the damage being done by the poison darts, as I call them, um, it would have to be something where an illegality, a crime, will have been, has to have been alleged or charged before he would investigate something as the attorney general. That's my gut response not knowing the details, but uh, I'll, I'll let my team know that I'd like to get Attorney General Yost on as soon as we can because I think that is a, a topic worth discussing. I, I had a, I don't know if I have it in front of me now. Well, I want to get more calls, but I was going to say I have another statistic about the number of increasing number of deaths among young people over the course of the last year or two since the COVID jabs became available, became available and they are not small. That increase, rather, is not small. It is a massive, massive increase in overall deaths. Now, obviously, you cannot say that overall deaths are thus then attributed to the jabs, but it is since the jabs became available and mandated for so many. 
it's sickening. It's really, the numbers are staggering. Uh, but again, I don't know if that necessarily leads to criminality that would be investigated by the Attorney General. So that's all I can say. Uh, let's go to uh, BJ in North Olmstead. Hi, BJ. Go ahead. Uh, last time I spoke with you, you made a comment, and I'd like you to uh, go back to that comment and give it, fill it out a little bit more. We talked about the troublemakers with the racism going on, the anti-Semitism, all that, and I wondered who do you think were the instigators, and you said primarily white people. You didn't specify what religion or what have you, but I think you have a point. Well, well there I, that what I did, what I did, just to clarify, is I said white leftists because those are the ones white that are those are the ones that are correct. wrapping up all of the racial division. White leftists get in with you know Af- uh, uh, Black Lives Matter and other African American activists and try to rile them up against white people. They try to foment ra- racial division. They're a big, big part of that problem. So go ahead. I would like for when I'm re- asking of of your because I appreciate your your views on these things very much. Expand on that a bit, because I think it's very significant. It's very important, because I get to deal with a lot of seniors and talk to them, and there's a lot of anxiety with seniors right now, because they lived quite a bit, and they've seen a lot of changes from our, in our country. The fact that I'm going to be 93 in October, I got to see a lot of different things, wars and, and changes in our country. You younger people, as I said, are going to be really responsible for what takes place. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the attitude with these particular white people, and why? If you wouldn't mind expanding that, I would appreciate it, and thank you for your time. You got it. Thanks for the call, BJ. Um, unfortunately, I can't really expand too much more than, than what I've already said. I mean, we look, Black Lives Matter is an organization that was founded on Marxist principles, the Marxist principles of division. It's the same thing that is behind CRT, critical race theory, that is being taught in our schools. Marxist theory creates opposite sides. It divides. And critical race theory is no different than critical gender theory or others, where, or whether it's class, it's, there is one side is the uh, oppressors, the other side is the oppressed. It is what it is founded upon. It breaks apart societies. Marxism is is a very, very evil, evil uh, ideology, if you will. And that's what Black Lives Matter is founded upon. That's what CRT and the teaching of CRT is founded on. White leftists know this. White leftists who are also Marxists know that the best way to break apart a truly functioning capitalist, which they hate, capitalist, Republic like ours um, is to is to divide to divide and conquer as it were. They believe in Marxism as well, and so they exploit and they push and they support fellow Marxist ideals like CRT and like um, uh, um, uh, Black Lives Matter. They they push and prod and poke them to say, look at what white supremacy. Look at what white privilege has done to you. Look at the marginalized lives and existences you have because of white people in America. And they try to push and prod. All of this, for those who don't know, was in response to the suggestion that there may be a race war coming. And if, and I said that if, it, if there is a civil war coming, I don't believe it will be a full black against white race war. Because there will be so many white Marxists on the side of the black, on the quote-unquote black side of such a battle. And they're the ones, in fact, who are spurring them on. That's not to say there aren't black 
uh, activists who are racist and who, who, who believe all of those things. But I'm telling you, they are driven by a lot of very dangerous white leftists and Marxists um, who are who are all looking for the same thing, and that is to break apart this republic and rebuild it, uh, rebuild this country into the uh, the leftist socialist model that they all envision. That's the best I can offer you for now, BJ. We'll be- if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. My country tears me. Sweet land of liberty of the As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever we are americans this is always right radio on am 1420 the answer is your host bob france oh Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Ten minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, the 18th morning of the eighth month in the year of our Lord, 2023. And guess what day of the week it is, my friends? It's a free-for-all Friday! (laughs) Oh, Mr. Scream is in rare form today. I like to hear that. I'm in a good mood. I hope you're in a good mood. We have a lot of very important things to discuss today. And we're going to get right on it. Just a reminder. Brian. Ain't but two genders. Yes, sir. Two genders. Just two. Ain't nothing but men and women. Uh-huh. We're going to have to remind people of that today. It's all throughout the news cycle today because kids are going back to school. Schools are opening their doors. And automatically, kids are being greeted with messaging by way of decorations on class in classrooms that that's not true, that there are more than two and that they can pick their own and that their parents can shut up about it. As a matter of fact, in California, one of our lead stories today, in California, Democrats on uh, on their uh, in their assembly have decided to criminalize parents complaining at school board meetings. They're calling it causing disorder, but what it means is if parents walk up to the microphone at a school board meeting during open comment and say things like, Ain't but two genders, two genders, 
Ain't nothing but men and women. They don't want him just removed. They want him charged. Believe this nonsense? So, yeah, we're going to hit that uh, today. We've got a lot of very important things we're going to get to, but school is back in session, and that means, of course, the cultural war for your children's minds, and yes, dare we say it, for their souls, uh, is back on. So uh, we're going to get into that a little bit today. Coming up in about uh, less than a half an hour, we're going to talk to a presidential candidate, probably not one that you are interested a ton in hearing, certainly not one that you know a ton about, because he's one of the uh, outsiders, one of the unknowns, if you will. Perry Johnson is going to join us at 935 to talk about this. The um, debate is scheduled for just, what, five days from now? The first GOP uh, primary debate, it's going to be on Fox. And uh, Trump won't be there, of course, which I think is just uh, inexcusable. And others won't be there because they didn't qualify, including Perry Johnson. But we're going to talk about it anyway and kind of find out what he has to say. Uh, about uh, the direction of this country, that if he cannot be the guy, and of course it's it's very likely that he will not be the guy. I said the same thing when I had my friend Larry Elder on. It's very likely that he won't be the guy. What can he bring to the race? What can he do to impact whoever is going to be the guy? And I think that's the point of talking to other presidential candidates, including, I mean, I've talked to Vivek Ramaswamy. I've talked to, as I said, to Larry Elder. Um, we're still trying to get Ron DeSantis. Obviously, President Trump is a tough get right now, considering all of his situations. But we're trying to do what we can to get what, get you what we can. I have a much better shot of getting some of those folks when I do uh, Sebastian Gorka's show, which I will be doing next week, a couple of days. Um, but uh, on the local shows, it's a little bit of a tougher ask. So we'll get them when we can, and we'll bring you what we can. But Perry Johnson uh, and his two cents plan is going to be joining us here uh, in about a half an hour at about 935. We're also going to talk with Elizabeth Marbach from uh, Ohio Right to Life about uh, November 7th. There's a lot of uh, (laughs) there's a lot of concern, a lot of concern. And I share it. But I also am going to share my optimism uh, that I truly believe. Yes, it would have been the reason there's cause for concern is we lost issue one. On August 8th, that would have raised the threshold for this coming election in November to 60% to pass that amendment to butcher babies on demand um, and to allow kids to begin transitioning without parental consent or even input. Uh, That's the reason for the concern. Uh, And it certainly would be a lot better if we had that 60% threshold. But I'm still going to share my optimism and look at it and say we only need 50% plus one vote to protect life. And we are a pro-life state. We have been a pro-life state. We're a conservative state. That's why, aside from districts, which the left calls gerrymandered, you know, we look at statewide races where districts are not a factor, where every person gets a vote. And we swept them. I mean, seriously, from governor to lieutenant governor to secretary of state to attorney general to treasurer to auditor, three um, uh, Supreme Court seats, I mean, all went to conservative Republicans. Uh, we're a conservative pro-life state. I feel like we can get this done. Anyway, we're going to talk about it with uh, Elizabeth Marbach coming up at about 1035 this morning. Also today, we are going to have a little bit of fun with a little bit of music. Because Oliver Anthony has just taken America. I don't want to use a cliched phrase by storm. He's taken America by the shoulder. I, I feel like he is just walking next to us drinking a beer with us, sharing the feelings that we all share. I mean, he has gone mega viral in the blink of an eye. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you will. 
Oliver Anthony has written and performed and then uploaded to Twitter, a.k.a. X, um, him, of him performing the song for a small crowd of cheering people. Uh, it's called Richmond, North of Richmond, and it is just it is just wildfire. It is spreading, and I hate to use that language in a uh, time of the Maui situation, but I mean, seriously, it's a, it's a metaphor that works. It has spread like wildfire, and... Uh, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Some people are calling it a protest song. Some people are calling it a protest anthem. And maybe it is, like I said, but it seems like he's just with us. He's with middle-class America. He's with the underclass of America. And it's time to scream. And he kind of does that in parts of his song um, about the elites and about how they have not just forgotten about middle America, and the underbelly of America, they have, they have not just forgotten, they have intentionally neglected. They have intentionally almost uh, stomped on the American blue-collar working man and woman, which was kind of what the song... So it is kind of a protest anthem, but it got me thinking. And we're going to talk about some of these songs. We're going to talk about... Um, I, I think there's quite a few, quite, quite honestly... Try that in a small town. We've had a lot of discussion about 81 million votes. My A from uh, from uh, uh, Carrie uh, Carrie Lake and, and and her team. And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to have some fun. We're going to listen to them. And I'm going to enjoy every single second of them too because I think they're important. We have a lot of very important things to complain about. And it's not just get on the radio and complain, but it's say, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to unify? Are we going to, are we going to come together and we're going to work with one another? Are we going to form organizations? Are we going to be active and activists? Are we going to change leadership at various points, including and especially at the very top? These are all very important questions today. And I'll tell you what, I was, you know, I know most of us stopped watching Fox News when they let Tucker go. Some people stopped. Even before that, uh, you know, because of what happened on election night and the way they called Arizona so early in the whole nine yards. And I'm part of that crew, but I still look at some of the news that they are presenting in the mornings. And one thing they have this morning is a, uh, is a poll, the new results of a Fox poll that underline and underscore every single thing that we are just talking about. We, we have just been talking about all of it. I mean, mortgage rates for you. To be a new home buyer, for you to be a new home buyer, it is just, it is just brutal for you right now. If you're a part of the 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 middle class or the lower middle class, even the upper middle class, quite frankly, because mortgage rates, you know, I'm sitting here with a fixed mortgage from uh, when we bought our house, and I want to say we're at like three three percent, three point one. I can't remember exactly. It's like three point one percent. Um, mortgage rates are right now at a 21-year high. And yes, when you hear that, 21 years, you can go ahead and, 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 and in your mind, you can have a picture of Joe Biden, that image of Joe Biden pointing his finger and saying, I did that. And you'd be right, because he has done that. 21-year high. Mortgage rates are touching 7 Point one to seven and a half percent now, making it virtually impossible for somebody trying very, very hard to start out with a modest home, a starter home, but to get any kind of financing that they can afford. 
We're talking about some extraordinary financial. This is why it's so hilarious when Biden, uh, his his campaign reelection slogan has been Bidenomics. Bidenomics. The economy is doing so well. Look at Bidenomics. Really? According to the survey that was just conducted, this is as current as it gets, August 11th, August 14th. When it comes to Joe Biden's job performance on the economy, he is underwater by, let me do the math here, what's 61 minus 37? 24 points? Am I doing that right? 37 and 10 is 47 and 10 is 57 and 4 more is 61 by my math. That's 24 points underwater. He is getting the approval of only 37% of Americans on Bidenomics. 61% disapprove. And, gee, I wonder why that would be. Could it be because since Joe Biden took office just two and a half years ago, consumer prices are up 16%, 15.9 if I'm being precise. Gas prices are 61.8% higher than they were when Joe Biden took office. Donald Trump left office with the average price of a gallon of gas at $2.39. It is 61.8% higher than that. And this isn't even the peak. We were at $5.05 a gallon on national average last year. And now we're up at around three eighty-two, three eighty-five, somewhere in that neighborhood. It's insane. Home prices. Part, first the home prices, then you get into the mortgage rates I told you about a second ago, 11.3% higher than they were when Joe Biden took office. 11% on the price of a home is astronomical. And because of Biden inflation, because people have to pay more for the things they need, what are they doing to buy the things that they want? They're using their credit cards, and credit card debt is up 30 3.9% for Americans since Joe Biden took office. You ponder that for a moment. In September of 2021, they did the same survey asking, has, the, has Joe Biden made the economy better or worse? In September of 2021, so about two years ago, 42% said better, 47% said worse. 10% said no different. Today, only 25%, all left-wing Democrats who are lying, uh, say better. 52%. So he's 27% underwater in that simple question of better or worse. I mean, we are talking about some extraordinary times that we're in right now. And... Um, Quite frankly, uh, with, with, with the upcoming election, it's, it's, when I say upcoming, of course, it's still a very, very long haul. We have our first debate coming up on Tuesday. But when it comes to choosing somebody to run against this guy, we are going to have to sharpen our message on the one thing that he is actually trying to run on, which is the economy. He can't run on foreign policy because it's a disaster. He cannot run on border security because it's a disaster. He cannot run on uh, on uh, 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 protection and the safety of America because crime in America is a disaster. He can't run on the economy because I just gave you the info on this. It's a disaster. But that's the one he's going to hang his hat on because he's got a little slogan, Bidenomics. It's unbelievable. We're going to get into all of it today. It's 923. Let's take a time out. No. 
Let's do our pledge before our timeout here, Seth, if we can. Let's do our pledge. We'll take our timeout. We'll come back. We're going to talk to Perry Johnson a little bit, too, in uh, after the bottom of the hour. But, Patriots, let's go ahead and stand on this free-for-all Friday. Face your flag. Put your hand on your heart and join us for this pledge. If you are a supporter of any of the crap that I just told you that Joe Biden is responsible for, then you probably don't have a whole lot of respect for the flag anyway. Don't feel compelled. If you'd rather, if you're more comfortable, go ahead and take a knee over there next to that unemployed socialist quarterback. For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now we'll take that time out, then we'll come back, get some of your calls going on this free-for-all Friday. We're going to have some fun with the music today as well. Like I said, we've got a lot of problems, but I'm in a good mood. Let's work on it together on Always Right Radio. Enlightening the sleeping masses and stoking the fire of the American dream. Always Right Radio with Bob France and The Answer. All right, 1035. Good Friday morning to you. It's a free-for-all Friday. We are scheduled to talk to a guest from Ohio Right to Life about uh, the uh, amendment uh, ballot uh, that's on the ballot in uh, November. But uh, we're not making that connection right now, and that's okay, because I do want to get into a few other things here, including more songs. When I heard the the song by Oliver Anthony that I played for you last uh, segment, uh, which has just gone mega viral because it speaks to so many people, apparently all conservative people, because leftist people don't like hearing about those kinds of things. Um, it, it got me thinking about, you know, uh, Jason Aldean and try that in a small town. I just gave you 81 uh, votes my, my butt. Uh, I don't know why I'm not saying the word because it just sang the whole song, but 81 million votes my ass. And um, it, and it just kind of reminded me of a, a lot of other ones because I'm pretty doggone proud of the one that we put together, the one that we created on this program. I wrote it. Dale Officer and Johnny House sang it, and uh, it has gone viral as well. It's got, it has gotten millions of views, the video version of this online. And uh, we took the video down because we want you to be able to download the song as an MP3 on your phone, and it's available right now at uh, com on the home page and on uh, the Bob France page. On the podcast page, you can check it out for yourself. There's a little tab there that says Hunters in the Basement. And uh, this one spoke to a lot of people, too. My child called me up just the other day. He said, Dad, I need some crack. Can you help me today? And I had lots of cash. With bills to pay He said, don't worry, Dad, I'll find another way He was smoking for I knew it And away he flew Saying, I'm gonna be like you, Dad You know I'm gonna be like you And hunters in the basement with a silver spoon The hookers and drugs were gonna be there soon When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when I'll be good and high by then, Dad yeah, I'll be good and high by then. Picking through rugs 
um, smoking anything that re even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I'm very proud of my son. My son came around just the other day. He said, I got me a deal where we can both get paid. Can I trade on your name? I said, sure, okay. Will anyone know? He said, no, no way. And as he walked away, he looked kind of dim and said, I'm going to be like him, yeah. You know I'm gonna be like him He's, he's fixed it, he's worked on it And Hunter's in the basement with a silver spoon Ukrainian bribes are gonna be there soon When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when I'll put aside your 10%, Dad I'll always have your 10% It's fine, what are you doing? I said, Dad, I'm fine, I said, you're not fine I know how to game the system Come on, come on well, he came from Kiev just the other day Had a smile so big I just had to say Son, I'm proud of you, how's our cash supply? He nodded his head and said Great big guy, but what I really need, Dad, is to borrow the car keys You can take the vet, but watch the boxes, please And Hunter's in the basement with a silver spoon Classified papers all over the room when you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when I'm getting good and high again, Dad I'm getting good and high again He pointed out the reason why he regrets it is he didn't anticipate that, that folks like Giuliani would use it to, in fact, try to embarrass his father. Yes, they are. The flat bugs. Come on. This guy is a dog whistle about as big as a foghorn. I stole an election and my son moved away I called him up just the other day I said you owe some cash, I want my cut today He said, calm down dad, you know it's on the way But my laptop is gone and now it's on you And now we're both really screwed dad And now we're both gonna be screwed And as I hung up the phone it occurred to me He was damn near dumber than me my boy was dumb as me And there was Hunter in the basement with a silver spoon All of our crimes were coming out real soon When's it all in, son? I don't know when But we're gonna end up in the pen, Dad We're both gonna be in the pen I am absolutely certain, 100% certain That at the end of the investigation That I will be of any God save the queen, man. Now, that one uh, is obviously a parody uh, that I wrote. And again, Dale Officer and Johnny Howes did an amazing job with the vocals on that. Um, that one, I can understand why it only appeals to conservatives, because that one just basically lets art imitate life. This is what the Bidens are. This is who they are. And it's, we're being, it's being discovered every single day. Uh, with new information about the uh, first family of crime, but that's not uh, you know that's a little bit different than the songs I was playing for you before. These are these are what we call in the radio business bits. Uh, sometimes they're parody songs, sometimes they're originals, uh, uh, but they're written to uh, you know previous previous beats or with previous um, uh, songs in mind, including this one, which I think is really really appropriate for right now. Uh, and like I said, I was going to have some fun with you on this Friday. I hope you, you, you understand what I'm doing here. We, I just looked it up. We are now paying an average in this country for gasoline of $3.87. That's the national average, 3.87. It is 61% higher than it was when Donald Trump left the White House. 
61% higher. And it's because of... You don't have to agree, but I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with you, okay? And it's because of... I want to stop all drilling on the East Coast and the West Coast and in the Gulf. This was intentional. This is not something that was accidental. This is not something uh, that had to, uh, had to happen. This is something that was completely avoidable. Uh, and we are now paying three eighty-seven a gallon across this country, and that prompted this beauty by Dale Officer. Yeah, 20 and 5. There you go. That's it? Yes, sir. Uh, make it 40. I pulled in to buy some gasoline. Highest prices I had ever seen. It's cheaper just to rent a limousine. Don't make enough to pay for my gasoline. Passing up is taken every dime Never thought I'd ever see a time When fuel's considered cheap at 315 I can't afford to pay For my gasoline Yeah, give me half a tank on three Yes, sir Fill her up Rob me blind before I drive away Gonna have to walk to work today Might have to sell my house and everything Just so that I can pay For my gasoline I drive out of my way For cheap gasoline Somebody help me pay So I have to admit, before Dale Officer wrote that one, that parody, I had never heard of the original. I had never heard Green Tambourine. Green Tambourine was a hit in the 60s, as I understand it, by the Lemon Pipers. Uh, I had not heard of Green Tambourine, but my gasoline was uh, was was just spot on. As was this one. This one you're going to recognize the uh, song immediately, but the uh, uh, the uh, message is just a little bit different. Again, this is another Dale Officer, and it's a beauty. How many of us have posted something that we found to be completely innocuous, completely harmless, only for Mark Zuckerberg and his uh, Nazi-esque censors to tell us you are in jail. Not just any jail, but Facebook jail. Those fact checks keep a coming. Looks like I'm banned again. Ain't been allowed on Twitter since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Facebook prison. My profile page is gone. And I'm not rightly knowing. Just what I done wrong Oh, selfies with my puppies Corny memes and puns I've tried to be a good boy Not trying to hurt no one Got shadow banned on Vimeo But I'm not sure why 
on tender whistleblower, flag my love life as a lie. Sir, you're charged with posting, quote, good morning. It's not a good morning for everyone, sir. Check your white privilege. But I... On September 21st of this year, did you not post a photo to Facebook with the caption, quote, nice, warm day today? Well, uh, probably, but... It wasn't a warm day for the people of Antarctica, sir. Who lives in Antarctica? Penguins, sir. Lots of penguins. But penguins aren't people. Racist! Everything I post is questioned. Each fact I post is wrong. They'll probably even fact check the lyrics in this song. They think I should be censored, and if I disagree, my posts they'll keep removing until they cancel me. I hereby find you guilty as charged and sentence you to 30 days in Facebook jail. But I'm not guilty, and that's the truth. This court is not interested in the truth, sir. Only the facts. And the fact is, you are guilty of non-compliance to our agenda. Wait, what? Is that a question? We don't allow anyone to question anything, sir. That will be another 30 days. Well, when they free me from this prison, next time I speak my mind. You can bet I'll think it over before I cross the line. Won't spread misinformation, speak truth in all I say. And if it violates their standards, I'll post it anyway. That is a... Uh, that is another Dale officer. And, and I'll tell you something else. <clears throat> Just... Uh, and I've got one more for you. I am banned right now on Facebook. I have been for, I want to say, 70-some days. I think I might have 20 some. I'm on a 90-day uh, reach restriction because they didn't like something that I posted. It wasn't offensive. It wasn't um, uh, you know, a slur. All I did was post something that they disagreed with. And I can't even remember which one it was now going back because it's been over two months already. Um, it might have to do, it wasn't with the jabs. It was, it was, it wasn't guns. It was, it was very, very, like I said, very benign. It was, it was completely harmless, but somebody reported it as being misinformation and they knocked me on limited reach for 90 days. That means nobody can see my posts on Facebook unless they go directly to my page looking for them. They won't show up on somebody else's feed. So I'm in the middle of that right now, a 90 day, you know, Facebook censorship. Because of that. So that's why that one, you know, speaks to a lot of people. And the next one and the last one I'm going to share with you in this hour of fun um, came about because of the great, the late, great Mr. Fred Rogers, who was, what, 40 years ahead of his time in anticipating the trans movement, which is why he told children back in the 70s and the early 80s this. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine, your body's fancy, and so is mine. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Everybody's fancy, everybody's fine, your body's fancy. And so is mine. Only girls can be the mommies. 
Only boys can be the daddies, yes sir. Everybody's fancy, everybody's fine. Your body's fancy, and so is mine. So, in, in, uh, in, uh, after that one went viral, uh, Mr. Rogers, from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, literally singing as if this was going on right now. This was 35, 40, 45 years ago, whatever it was. That went viral in large part because of me, because I, I found this and I, I put it everywhere I could find it on social media. It got picked up and, shed and spread, uh, shared and spread wide and far to the tune of millions and millions of views of, of Mr. Rogers from those old clips. Anyway, that inspired our own Johnny Hiles to give us the remix. Girls grow up to be the mommies. Boys grow up to be the daddies. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Your body's fancy. And so is mine. <laughs> Put up your hands for my boy Fred Rogers, straight out of the Trilby, PA. Fred Rogers in the house. You know, everybody's fancy. You. Me. Born a boy, you stay a boy. Everybody's fancy. You. Me. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Your body's fancy, and so is mine. Boys are boys from the beginning. Girls are girls right from the start. Now only boys can be men, only girls can be ladies Just like the leather trim in the back of my fans When you're cruising down the street and it happens again When you know she's a poppy but she thinks she's a can When you're out on the green, watch your ass on the cat Only girls can be mamas, only boys can be daddies Now you're in LA, in the streets, it's the daughters But when you're in the hood, it's my boy, Mr. Rogers Everybody's fancy You Me Everybody's fancy Everybody's fine Your body's fancy and so is mine Some are fancy on the outside Me Some are fancy Fancy on the inside. Me. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Your body's fancy, and so is mine. Born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. Passing my Robinson, speak from the heart. Hey, but two genders, two genders, ain't nothing but men and women. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Your body's fancy, and so is mine. You. Yeah, Fred Rogers in the house. Everybody's fine. Tell it like it is. You, me, featuring Pastor Mark Robinson. Hey, but Featuring your boy, Johnny Hyde. <laughs> By way of Bob France. WHK, take us home. Johnny. There's a song called Everybody's Fancy. That I think everybody's fine. That was uh, our own Johnny Hyde. So I just... And, and and thank you to Johnny and to Dale and to everybody that contributes to these. And thank you to those who, who want to speak to all of us and be the voice. Not speak to, but speak with all of us, including uh, Oliver Anthony and the uh, uh, Richmond, North of Richmond, that kind of prompted all of this following Jason Aldean and everything else. I love the fact that so many of these songs are being called pro-right-wing and pro-conservative because when you listen to their lyrics, they're all pro-American and pro-family and pro-faith. And if the left doesn't like the idea of being pro-conservative, then maybe, you know, maybe their idea 
uh, or excuse me, maybe they should uh, shift their own ideology and become a little bit more pro-American, pro-family, and pro-faith. So if they want to try to cancel Jason Aldean and Oliver Anthony and, uh, you know, obviously the parody songs we've done and these kinds of things, if they don't like them, they can take them and shove them up their noses. I'm done with them. Uh, 1054, uh, right back on Always Right Radio. Sidewalk, carjacking old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think it's tough. Well, try that in a small town, see how far you make it down the road. My granddad gave me They say one day They're gonna round up But all that might fly in the city Good luck Try that in a small town See how far you make it down the road Around here we take care of our own You cross that line It won't take long for you to find out I recommend you don't I want to spend a little time today on what some are just calling protest songs. And uh, that's why we begin hour number two with that Jason Aldean uh, song that went absolutely viral. Number one, rocketed up the charts uh, to number one on iTunes, number one on Apple Music, number one on just about everything. And um, it was in large part due to the fact that the left freaking hated it. Because it championed things like, you know, patriotism, respect for the flag, respect for police, not carjacking people, not burning and looting things in small towns like they do in the big cities. And the left decided to call that racist because 
you know, they do those things in the big cities, and they oftentimes involve inner cities and uh, and minorities, and so clearly you are being racist by this. And I bring that up this morning because of an article I read in Forbes about this other viral sensation that has happened. It's called uh, The Rich Men North of Richmond, or I'm sorry, just Rich Men North of Richmond. And I read this this article in Forbes that just... It just rubs me the wrong way when I see these kinds of things. Stories about how if you champion patriotism and family values, it makes you a right-winger. And they almost treat it as if it's a slur. Almost. And this is Forbes. Controversial. Rich men north of Richmond. Oliver Anthony's hit song, Championed by the Right explained it's like why, why, why does it why does it have to be championed by the right country singer oliver anthony's rich men north of richmond is topping charts after right-wing pundits and conservative social media users championed its pro-working class and anti-washington elite message marking another victory for right-wing propelled country music on the charts just weeks after Jason Aldean's controversial, how it's written here, I'm reading it, Try That in a Small Town went viral. Uh, some key points in the article. In his surprise hit song, Richmond of uh, North of Richmond, which ostensibly refers to Washington, D.C., political elites situated north of Richmond, Virginia, Anthony lambastes the government for a variety of social issues, including being taxed to no end, high rates of suicide among young men, and obese milk and welfare. The song became an immediate hit uh, amongst conservatives. And attracted nearly 30,000 reposts and 140,000 likes. It's gone way past that. Notable right-wing champions of the song include Marjorie Taylor Greene, who praised it as an anthem of the forgotten Americans who truly support this nation, along with former Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake and pundit Benny Johnson. And anyway, it goes on and on like that about how it's controversial because conservatives like it. It's controversial because, quote-unquote, it's right-wing. And I think about this in two ways. Number one, they're trying to turn conservative into a pejorative. Conservative, they're trying to turn it into a a, a negative trait, a slur, if you will. And it it attracts right-wingers as if that somehow makes it bad. And... That's one way to look at it, and it makes me mad. But the other side of me looks at it and says, well, you know what? All that is, all the left does when they say things like, try that in a small town, is conservative and appealing to conservatives, and Richmond, north of Richmond, appeals to conservatives. All that's doing is is telling us the truth, that it doesn't appeal to liberals, that protecting cops... And defending them from being spit in the face in a small town doesn't appeal to liberals. They like the idea of spitting on cops. The idea of having your your daddy's gun and protecting it and making sure you're protecting your own with it and you're not going to let them round up the guns, that doesn't appeal to liberals because they don't want you to be armed. They don't believe in the Constitution. They don't believe in the Second Amendment. The idea that all of these points made you know not wanting uh, carjacking and and getting away with this stuff in a small town 
Liberals don't like that because they like getting away with that. They defend crime. They're not patriotic, and they, they, they demonize us for being patriotic and for living by family values, living by biology, daring to say that only women get pregnant uh, to, to your son and daughter. Uh, men cannot get pregnant. All of this stuff that liberals hate are in these songs. And so it's fine if they want to say this appeals to conservatives, but for them to call them controversial is where it gets a little bit dicey for me. It's how is it controversial to promote and support patriotism? to support pro-family values, pro-law, pro-America. If those are right-wing, conservative messages, then you know what? Fine. Sign me the freak up for right-wing conservative messages. Now, if you don't have Twitter, and I know a lot of the people who listen to this program in this station don't bother on social media, you may not have heard Oliver Anthony's song. I want you to hear it now. It's called Rich Men North of Virginia. Oliver Anthony is not a professional musician. As a matter of fact, since this song went viral, he has turned down multiple million-dollar contracts, including one uh, production company that offered him $8 million to, to produce a whole album. He said no. He's just a guy, a guy who struggles, by the way. A guy said he has struggled with his own mental health. He has struggled with substance abuse. And he is speaking for so many of us, not necessarily on the substance abuse side, but just that whatever our problems are, we feel forgotten about by the rich men north of Richmond. We feel forgotten about, we feel ignored by the elites in Washington, D.C. And that's why he wrote this. And that's why he performed it. It's why it went viral and why I think it's going to grab you. If you've never heard this before, this is... A young man named Oliver Anthony, screaming for all of us, I think, with this message. And we're going to get you that message in one second here. Hold on. On my soul. Let's get it from the beginning. I apologize. We're having a little tech glitch here. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit. Pay so I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is living in the new world with an Look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the old beast milking welfare. God, if you're five foot three and you're three hundred pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground. 
is keep on kicking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men know the rich men. you do, and they don't think you know, but I know that you do, cause your dollar ain't, and it's taxed to no end, cause the rich men, North the rich men, been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. He calls himself uh, just some idiot with a guitar. Doesn't want to be a professional musician. But let me ask you something. You hear that? Does that strike you as a right-wing message? Or does it strike you as an American message? That too many hard-working, blue-collar, trying-to-make-ends-meet Americans are ignored by the rich men north of Richmond up in Washington, D.C. Because that's what this is all about. It's about all Americans. He didn't say right-wing Americans. He didn't say white Americans. He didn't say anything having to do with race, with, with class. Well, it's class. It's about, it's about America's underclass. Um, but, but he did not do anything having to do with political ideologies or parties. It's just us. Us. Why is this only a right-wing song, then, as they're calling it? He sings about... The, the the government sticking their hand in our pockets and taking everything we have. He talked about this, by the way, in interviews since this whole thing got you know went went viral. He he worked grew up work, working twelve hour shifts in a North Carolina factory, and and can't get ahead in the world, can't get ahead financially despite working hard. He said that's what was the the inspiration for rich men of of uh, North of Richmond. But the left looks at it and they say, wow, he he criticized. Uh, obese people for milking taxpayer funds to pay for their bags of fudge on welfare. And complaining, saying, that's fat phobic. You know what? Shove your phobia straight up your nose, because I'm tired of you griping about every perceived offense that you can take and then expecting everybody else to agree with you and to, and to, and to take down or stop what they're saying. What, you want this song pulled because you think he's fatphobic? Because he said obese welfare recipients eat bags of fudge? You don't like it, don't listen to it, but don't try to tell us that this is something that should be apologized for or should be removed. Negative stereotypes about people on welfare. You know what? Guess what? Hard-working blue-collar 12-hour shifts in the North Carolina factory workers like this guy 
don't like that, their check is smaller than it should be because so much of their money on that pay stub is taken out to send to people for welfare. And whether it's eating fudge or whether it's, it's taking their EBT cards and selling them, to other people for cash that they then turn around and use to buy uh, uh, things you're not allowed to buy with an EBT card. Alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, whatever. It's a message, and it, and it resonates with people. And if they call that right wing, you know what, fine, I'll take it. Because right wing, to me, if that's what this means, is American. It's pro-America. Not pro one party or another. You know what else is a right wing song, and I'm pretty proud of this one too? If you would have told me two years ago, three years ago, that I would be in the middle of a political movement, I would have said, put down Hunter's crack pipe. Right now. Right now. I can't afford the groceries. I can't afford your gas. It's Biden inflation cross the nation. 81 million votes my ass. say this to kind of uh, underscore the point here. He had the swamp going after him, and he was still getting stuff done. If the left doesn't like the fact that all of these seemingly pro-conservative songs are all pro-American, I miss the bull in the china shop. Then maybe they ought to start being pro-American. And then maybe these songs will resonate with them, too. Million votes. My ass. Hometown Pharmacy. Giving you reason in the age of unreason. Always right radio with Bob France and the answer. 
my soul Working all day Overtime hours For bullshit pay So I can sit out here And waste my life away Drag back home And drown my troubles away It's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh, it is living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men know the rich men. Lord knows it all. Just wanna have total control. Wanna know what you think. Wanna know what you do. And they don't think you know, but I know that you do. Cause your dollar ain't sh and it's taxed to no end. Tell you what, there's one correction I think I would make. Politicians look out for miners, and not just miners on an island. The one, the one correction I would make uh, in this viral, sensational song by Oliver Anthony that we played for you earlier and told you the backstory of uh, the part in that first verse where he talks about uh, they want to know what you think, they want to know what you do. Talking about the rich men north of Richmond, north of Richmond, Virginia, of course, is Washington D.C. They don't want to just know what you think and know what you do. They want to control what you think and control what you do. The one and only one. Uh, correction that I would make or suggestion that I would make. The rest of that song is just absolute fire. Absolutely fire. It just speaks to and for so many of us. It just does. Middle class hard workers busting their tails, can't get ahead, tax dollars being ripped out of their checks and sent to Ukraine, tax dollars being ripped out of their checks and being sent to build, uh, you know, uh, ridiculous uh, tributes and homages to left-wing causes. And, and, and I, I mean, how much waste do we see in these ridiculous, ridiculous spending bills? And all of it's coming out of the checks of guys like Oliver Anthony working in a factory 12 hours a day, losing, you know, money being taken away from him and giving it to other people who refuse to work. I mean, there should be no welfare at all today, right? There should be no, I'm, I'm getting on a tangent here. I saw, I apologize. There should be, why is there, why are there any unemployed people in this country today unless they choose to be? Look at all of the openings that there are. Goodness gracious, you can't get a table in a restaurant on a Friday night in most places, not because there aren't tables available, but because they have to remain empty because they don't have enough workers. Opportunities are there for people. Nobody wants to work at the bottom level and work their way up. Nobody wants to do that. I should say nobody. Those who choose not to get jobs don't want jobs. And they're sitting there sucking up welfare and other uh, resources. And, and, and what Oliver Anthony's saying about there was we're tired of it. We're tired of paying, working our butts off to pay for somebody else who won't work theirs off. Among many other messages in that very, very, uh, I, think, I think, phenomenal song. It's a phenomenal song. And it's a message that so many of us can relate to. All right. Joanne in Twinsburg. Hi, Joanne. Thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead. 
Well, the first thing is, is I've been saying that for 30 years. I'm sick of working for people who don't want to work. What? Um, but that's not why I called. I kind of have a little more positive thing. Did you see this thing about the Native American guardians who are trying to get the Redskins' name back? Yes. Yes. I didn't know who it was. I saw oh, a Native no. American group. I didn't know it was Native American guardians or whatever that is, which is interesting, considering the Cleveland guardians now that were the Indians. But, uh, no, I, I did know that there was a group that is pushing to get the Redskins' name back for the uh, – are you still there? Did we lose her? I think we lost her. All right. Okay, uh, th- thanks, Joanne. So, so yes and no. I didn't know they were called Native American Guardians or whatever it is you just said, but I do know that there was a Native American group trying to get the NFL to give the Redskins their name back. Now that the Redskins have been sold uh, by uh, the, the previous owner and uh, they do want a new name, they don't like the Commanders, and they want the Redskins back. And I, somebody brought that up on the show the other day, in fact. A caller brought it up, and my response was, it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. The NFL is as woke as Major League Baseball and the NBA is. There is no way they're going to go back and say, we welcome back the red skins and have all of the people saying, when are they going to have the white skins? How come it's not the Caucasians? As if that's some sort of a slur to us. Uh, and it's not, by the way. If they wanted to name a team the Washington Caucasians, I would laugh my fool head off. And I would buy their gear, too. Uh, it's stupid, the stuff people get offended by. But that's what they do. That's what they do. The Wokesters are running the show in the NFL. They'll never let the Redskins back. But, Joanne, thanks for the call. Sorry we lost your call. Frank in Brook Park next. Hi, Frank. Go ahead, sir. Hi. Thank you. Hey, yes, recall sir. issue one. We have to back up a week and a half. Okay. Our Catholic bishops of Ohio declared issue one was not a moral issue. But Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, came here to lead a rosary rally on Sunday, August 6th to save Ohio's children from abortion and genital mutilation. Mm -hmm. The announcement was posted on X, which is formerly Twitter, and reads, Breaking America's Bishop to Lead Prayer Rally for Ohio's Children, August 6th. That was dated. Evo Historic Election, God bless. And actor Jim Caviezel was there speaking. Mm -hmm. It was a three-hour rosary rally in Norwood, Ohio, just 10 minutes from downtown Cincinnati. Oh, uh, yes, yes, I, I did know about that. We've got to pray for our Ohio bishops. They did not recognize it was a moral issue. They said it was strictly, well, it's not that they said it was not a moral issue when people were questioning it. And the point is, Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, came here to do that. He's done other things similarly. And But anyway, I want to point out, we got to pray for our bishops. They need our prayer. I mean... This weekend, you get the Mass on Sunday, pray for them and, and your children and your family and all the children that will be mutilated by what the other side wants to get. Well, I'll tell you uh, something, Frank. You know, he's, yeah, he's one of the most outspoken. Bishop Strickland is one of America's most outspoken bishops on the moral well, and we, cultural we, we issues. Really, we really did not have. Marriage, families and the integrity of the faith. Yeah, Frank, and, we, uh, fr- Frank let me jump in. Faith. Frank, 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 we got to have a conversation, okay? Let me jump in here, okay? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Um, we did not get enough uh, support from the bishops for issue one, in my opinion, in, in Ohio. We did not get enough leadership from the governor. And, and I bring that up particularly because I have a, an article in front of me from yesterday. This was sent to me this morning. Governor Mike DeWine and, and Cleveland Bishop Edward Molesic are headlining an upcoming fundraiser in the Cleveland area to benefit the campaign opposing the abortion rights ballot amendment uh, on in November. So this time it looks like, for now anyway, they're engaging. But I, I really am disappointed that they didn't do more before August 8th, because if they had, maybe we would have that 60% threshold on November 7th and have a little bit of breathing room here as we fight to uh, to protect and preserve life. Yes, thank you. Any other thoughts on that, Frank? I just wanted to find out how you... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.